to uh, deliver your message today. Our uh, clergy spent the week at our uh, national gathering, uh, restoring their spirits and learning uh, with their uh, with the brethren in our denomination. And so I'm here uh, giving you the sermon today so that our pastors have a rare chance to rest a little bit on a Sunday. And appropriately enough, today we're going to talk about Sabbath rest. Now this week we've got a lot of snow, and that wonderful robocall came to our house uh, Wednesday night, saying that Thursday school was going to be But the beautiful part of the robocall was going to be a snow day and not a remote learning day. Now last year we learned how to exist in remote learning during the pandemic and it was rough for my family. Remote learning was not a great success for us. But because of the uh, every student having a computer and the chance to learn online now, last year there were many snow days. There was no too bad. Computer still works, so you had to attend class anyway. And at midwinter last year, there were uh, newspaper articles about the loss of the snow day and what was this doing to our children. <laughs> so I was delighted this year to get that call. It's going to be a real snow. My children were delighted to get to sleep in all my pancakes. <clears throat> It's rest, unexpected, beautiful rest as a gift from heaven. I know it's not rest for the parents. But for the kids, it's this unexpected bloom just comes out of the sky and they get to rest in their day. Well, today we're going to talk about. Which begins in Exodus with the Ten Commandments. In Exodus chapter 20, when God gives the Ten Commandments to the people of Israel, has brought them out of the land of slavery, He's going to bring them into a land of freedom and security. And to seal this covenant For the sojourner who is within your gates, for in 
six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rest on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed them the seventh day and made it Why is this command there? Most of the Ten Commandments strike us as kind of obvious. They tend to have some clear moral reason. But in the midst of all of them, don't hurt people. Honor God. Don't hurt people. That you kind of sum up the most of the Ten Commandments that way. But in the middle of them is this one. How about the past? Why? What is so important about a Sabbath rest? Rest is fantastic. It restores us. Places it remains. Don't we want to rest anyway? Well, sometimes we don't want to rest. And rest isn't just a pleasure. Remember last week, uh, Pastor Drew talked to us about love and how we are both our body and our soul. Not, uh, he said the body is not just a throwaway wrapper for the soul. It's, it's part of who we are, and in the resurrection and the world to come, our body will be uh, restored and resurrected and made eternal. And we will live forever in this unified self of the body and soul at last, living together forever the way we should be. Well, your body needs rest. Pastor Drew said, don't over-spiritualize and tell yourself you don't need sleep because you're serving God. Of course you need sleep. Of course you need rest. God puts a command for rest in the Ten Commandments. But the command for rest comes right after the prohibition against idolatry. Because the command for rest is a prohibition against idolatry. We have a temptation in us to think that our work is the most important thing in the world, is the most important thing we do. The command for rest is and when we keep the command for rest, we are acknowledging that God's work matters more than ours. And we get to receive it. God who gives rest and the God who gives rest is the God who made us, the God who loves us, the God who made us and rested himself. He made the world of six days this command. And on the seventh day he rested. Our rest is an invitation of God. We are not just supposed to obey God, we're supposed to and when we imitate God and rest, we acknowledge our work is not That's my favorite quote that we invented. The cemetery is full of indispensable men. The temptation of your work is to think your work is the most important thing you will ever do. But the most important thing about you is not. Every seven days, we bring our knowledge of this that we receive from God into our 
If you work the other six days on the seventh day you rest. You rest and everyone works for a new rest. There is a difference between a Sabbath rest and a day of the spa. And the spa you're being catered to. We're resting. Nobody else there is resting. They're working. Well, the Sabbath rest means everyone. You rest. Your children rest. I don't think my children do homework. You know how they're going to the public school system? They don't know what to do with that. But I don't think my children do their homework on that. Get it done your servants rest. The people who work for you rest. They get to rest. Even the animals get to rest. In, in this land, even the sojourners. Now, we have a word for sojourners. Sojourn is a very old word. We have a common word in our language for it that means the same thing. It's immigrant. So, in the Ten Commandments, immigrants are not a special exception that doesn't get to get to rest. They're part of this community. They get rest too. So you rest and you give rest to your children, to your employees, to immigrants in your country, to even animals. Rest is how we show we understand we receive from God instead of earning from God. And we show it now, I uh, I know some of you are thinking, well, I can't do that. I can't keep a Sabbath. I mean, what's the point? I, I'm too busy. I have too many obligations. Now, I'm not going to tell you that, yes, you absolutely can. Because I'm over in a situation, maybe some, you know, we're in a situation with uh, so many demands on healthcare workers right now. My mother was a nurse, and she didn't get perfect freedom to decide to rest on every Sunday. But here's the thing you know your situation. I'm not telling you that if you don't rest on the Sabbath, you are failing God. You know your situation. Our pastors don't get to rest on Sunday. They're here working. They're here leading the church. But if you don't have perfect freedom to make the best choice, then use what freedom you have to make the next best choice. If you tell your kids you're going to take them to Graders and Graders is closed, you don't make them sit in the yard and eat dirt. You take them to UPN. <laughs> That's not pulpit authority on the quality <laughs> If you can't rest on the Sabbath, choose a different day. If you can't rest like other people do, find a way that is rest for you. But find a regular, habitual pattern of your life that includes in your use of time recognition that you don't have to earn God's love. It came to you freely. Find a way in the ritual of your weekly life to acknowledge that God 
is going to happen if we try to keep the Sabbath as At some point, you're going to ask yourself, Oh, am I resting hard enough? Am I working hard enough at resting? Well, that's crazy. You know it's crazy. This is what human beings do. Have law in our brain that wants to reassert rule-keeping as the way to heaven. That is internal idolatry. So we, we focused our prayers and confession on idolatry uh, for the last month. And there's the idolatry of setting up some other god instead of God. And there's the idolatry of portraying God in beautiful form and pretending as we can do it. And we can do that. But then there's another kind of idolatry that Jesus and, and the Apostle Paul talk about all the time that we call legalism. And that's the idolatry of your effort. That's thinking, I make goodness happen in the world. I achieve my salvation and redemption by how hard I work, by the rules I do. And that idolatry, even here in this practice that's supposed to be about honoring God, that idolatry rears up in our sinful hearts. And we start saying, oh, but am I keeping it hard enough? Am I resting hard enough? The next thing that happens is you start to quibble over what counts as work and what doesn't. There are reams of material written throughout the last 2,000 years about exactly what constitutes work on the Sabbath. I can't believe God finds any of it interesting. You just accept that little, that little part. You know, my sister tells me that part of spiritual maturity is learning to identify your crazy voice and ignore it. You have a Sabbath crazy voice. And that's where she's like, well, you know, if I put away the longer, does that count as, as working? Or, well, we have to eat so late. Like, I mean, there are actually, this is a real invention, Sabbath ovens that some of our Orthodox Jewish brethren use. And a Sabbath oven is an oven you turn on the day before. So you don't have to press any buttons on this. I can't believe God really did that. <laughs> so, except that's going to happen. That little voice is going to come up. Just don't give it power. And lastly, remember that people rest differently. Now, there's this old tradition of what Sabbath rest is. That means, on the Sabbath, mom dresses up the kids in their best clothes. And she takes them over to her mother-in-law's house for dinner and makes sure they stay on their best behavior. I'm not sure who that's rest for. I know it's not rest for mom. I wonder if maybe... Grandma could take the kids on a different day. But you know, if that's something you enjoy, it gives you rest. If it's part of how you worship God and other people, go for it. But recognize that we rest differently. I am so thoroughly introvert. When church is over, I dash out. And there are times I'm just like, I don't want to make out. It's just a lot of people. Now, I love you all. I'm here to worship God with you. It is, I need rest from it. I go home and my usual Sunday is I sit into a puzzle all alone. <laughs> the children leave me alone. 
I want rest from people. Now, some of you are different. What is a burden and work to you might be solitude. You can just rest. So recognize we don't all rest the same way. And so how we work that out is everything that requires grace and patience and just love in the, in the mess of what human relations look like. Along those lines, let's finish up with our last passage on the set from the New Colossians 2. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in question of injury, or with regard to a festival, or a new moon, or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. I am preaching a sermon on Sabbath, on the subject of Sabbath. If you see me, Sabbath, and you are uh, digging in your garden or shopping at the grocery store, I don't want the thought to even flip across your head. Oh no, Sharon's only working on the Sabbath. Because we have scriptural authority. We are not to look down on each other or let other people look down on us for whether or not we keep the Sabbath. Jesus Christ is Lord of the Sabbath. Sabbath is our acknowledgement that we receive from the grace of God. And Jesus is the ultimate grace of God. Honoring Jesus matters so much more than honoring the Sabbath. If you've grown up in a household where the Sabbath observance was so strict that it was suffocating, and you can't connect to it at all without a and Friend, let it go. Honor the Jesus who gives grace freely to you more than you honor the Sabbath. Let it go. I, I urge you here on keeping the Sabbath because it's supposed to be a gift, not a burden. If it's only a burden, instead focus on the greater Sabbath is only a shadow of the things to come. And that thing to come is the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we'll bring an end to all hardship. And we'll bring an end to suffering in this world, to the frustration of labor, so that work is restored to what it was. Honor that Jesus, even more than the Sabbath. And then let the Sabbath happen when it But remember that Jesus is the one who makes you sin free. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to earn it. And so we may be patient.